Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Offensive lineman Josh Braun is brought to you by Matt Black with Allstate Insurance. Matt Black with Allstate can take care of your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, life, renters, and landlord insurance. Are you in good hands? Well, fans, it is once again a Tuesday here on Out of Bounds, and that means we are joined by Joshua Braun, the offensive lineman for the Arkansas Razorbacks, thanks to Matt Black, Allstate Insurance. And, Josh, as always, man, we really appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Well, we're doing good. We're doing good. And, in fact, I know at one point in time, you know, we want to come on here and talk about a win, and there is no such thing as moral victories as we talked about, but mm. – that was quite the performance against Alabama, knowing that they are a great team and in their place. I uh, still want to come up with the win, but uh, it showed a lot of fight for you and your team to be able to uh, kind of stifle them a little bit and, and make it interesting there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, ultimately we came up short, but um, other than four or five plays that if had gone differently, the game would have changed. Um, we're, we're proud of our effort. Um, I'm proud in our team that we didn't give up down 24 to six. Um, I'm sure many people uh, across the country had thrown in the towel for us, but we kept fighting, we kept plugging away and ultimately had a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. We just didn't execute well enough to win. So I'm curious about that because you, you've played on a lot of different football teams in, in your mm -hmm. life. And I'm sure there's been times where, you know, maybe uh, you got down early and it ended up being a blowout or, you know, you maybe just once the game was over, the, the team kind of, uh, was unable to get anything going. But for Arkansas, and again, you still want to win the game. What is the key to your team and everything that you guys do to where against Alabama, everyone's writing you off, but you guys aren't. You're still fighting. You're still playing hard. And even after losing a few games in a row, you guys are still out there competing and playing until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I think it it all starts with our identity. Um, even though we've lost games, we don't believe we're losers. Um, we're playing the game to win. And at no point in the game, do we think we're going to lose until the clock hits zero. And so we're going to just keep doing our best, keep fighting away, trying to get uh, the, the, the third win that we've been searching for for five weeks now. But um, I mean, I, it's just a great testament to our team as competitors that uh, I think going into halftime, it was 21 to six. And I mean, we we hadn't scored an offensive touchdown going into halftime, and yet that wasn't our focus. We weren't worried about that. We were worried about, hey, our defense is going to stop them. We're going to go out and score. Our defense is going to stop them again, and we're going to go out and score, and it's going to be a tie ball game. And so that's our mentality every week, whether we're d down twenty-one to six or whether we're up twenty-one to six. So looking at the time where you did end up scoring a, a couple of touchdowns in the second mm -hmm. half, just what, what did you feel like was different about those particular drives and those particular plays compared to what was in the first half where uh, you may have not gotten mm -hmm. anything going as far as getting in the end zone, but uh, something happened in the second half where you put together a couple of drives and got in the end zone that way. Yeah. Um, I feel with the first half, we had a lot of good plays and throughout all of our drives in the first half, we had, Let's say I don't I don't know the exact number, but let's say six or seven good plays in however many drives we had. But we weren't able to put a full complete drive together where it was six and seven, eight, nine plays in a row where we were all executing 
um, 100% across the board that allowed us to get into the end zone, which on those two drives where we ultimately did score, it was just everything fell into place um, with the plays. Whether Even if someone messed up, it wasn't a, a drive-killing mistake. Yeah, because it's one of those things, too, where in this game, it seemed like you guys would get something going. Even in the first part of the game, you didn't get into the end zone, but you at least got in field goal range. And and looks yeah. like Cam Whittle's field goal range is unlimited at this point in time. But well, yeah, I mean, it's really easy to get into field goal range when you have to get to, what, the, the 45, the 40. So, yeah, I yeah, mean, with, I, him, with him back there, we're always in field goal range, I feel like. Yeah, like, and, and I know, <laughs> I guess since we're on that, like, I've never seen, I mean, there's been a lot of great kickers that's come through college football, but the one that he hit, I think it was the first one where he went for 55 yards. That one might have been good from 65. I, it, I've always just been Well, so uh, last week in that. practice, he, uh, I don't know the exact, what's the, uh, I think the NCAA record is a 69-yard field goal or something. I yeah, may be seven, way off. Somewhere now, but yeah, I think so. he hit a 68 yarder in practice last week, like going into the Alabama game. And so, none of us thought the field goals were in question when we when we sent the field goal unit out. We all assumed we got three points, and ultimately we did because Cam is such a great kicker. But we have complete faith in him whenever he's back there. Yeah, I, I've just wondered too, like when you have that confidence. Obviously, you want to get in the end zone, score a touchdown. That's the goal for the offense, but. Uh, it's got to be a, a great feeling to know that uh, even in against Alabama, where you, know, you guys were only down by a field goal, 24-21, and you had the ball in your hands, uh, you were in a position to where I'm, feel, I'm sure you're like, hey, we want to score a touchdown and take the lead for sure. However, you know, we yeah. midfield, we know we have a guy that's going to be able to kick this field goal and possibly send mm -hmm. it to overtime. That was definitely going through my head. I was um, – I forget how much time was left on the clock when we got the ball uh, – do you happen to know? Is it seven yeah, minutes? Yeah, it, it was uh, actually at that point in time because I remember uh, there was still, like, obviously plenty of time to, to go. But mm -hmm. uh, I believe you guys got the ball left with 10 minutes to go. And then uh, you ended up punting with about 519 to go in the game. Yeah, I knew. Um, I knew with a team like Alabama, if you score to go ahead, but you give them enough time to score, that it's going to be hard to stop them from scoring just because of who they are. Um, so I was hoping to go on a crazy 10 minute drive to just ice the game away. Uh, but I knew that if we got cam back there in field goal range, he would tie the game up and I have complete faith in our defense that they would be able to stop, uh, anybody who's across the field from us. So, um, ultimately we, as an offense, didn't put cam in that position to tie the game up. Uh, I feel sorry for him because that would just be an amazing experience, but, um, hopefully this week we're not in a position where. We have to get him in field goal range to tie the game. But if we do, I, I hope the offense is ready, and I think we will be. So I, I want to play you a video clip, actually, because th this is a, a question I want to ask, and then I want to have a, a reaction not only from the question but also from the video. So K.J. <laughs> okay. Jefferson uh, obviously was uh, you know, a, a great player in this game but had a great play where it looked like he was dead to right sacked, and mm -hmm. he just throws the guy off of him and, and completes the pass. I want your reaction, but this is also – what Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama, had to say after the game about that particular play and about K.J. Jefferson. Uh, so that you can go out there and play the way you need to play against really good competition. You know, I got a lot of respect for Arkansas's team. I mean, LSU beat them by three points. Ole Miss beat them by a touchdown all on the road. All right, so this is not the kind of team that you all think they are. They're a good team, and that quarterback is a handful. I mean, you know, when a quarterback can take a, a, a major college football player, and sling him off like a gnat on a fly's ass. I mean, 
a fly on a, a gnat on a cow's ass. I mean, that, 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 that was one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen a player make. And, um, you know, but we said one guy gets a guy, you know, you got to hold on, you got to hang on, and we got to clean him up. We didn't clean him up. So, I mean, hearing that from Nick Saban, who I'm sure has seen a lot of great college football plays, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, quite the, uh, that's quite the opinion to have of, of that particular play and that a play that you were right there in the mix and saw what KJ was able to do. Yeah, I mean, that, that was phenomenal. Um, I was told when I first got to Arkansas, and I think it sums up KJ pretty well, and I've, I've said it before, I don't know where, but uh, someone told me KJ lifts weights. And... <laughs> I mean, that's perfectly summed up in that video. I'd never seen anybody do that. I didn't know. I didn't know that was possible. Uh, but to, to throw the guy off and then make the brilliant pass that he did was just uh, it was special to be a part of. Um, I'm sad that that play didn't win us the game. And so it's hopefully it'll be remembered. But I know that plays during losses don't usually get remembered. But um that was just crazy. Um, I'm still speechless. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I can't imagine. I mean, Coach Saban's one of the best college football coaches in the history of the sport. So that's big words for KJ. Yeah, and I think with KJ too, and just and of course you get to play with him and practice with him each and every day, and uh, and you know knowing his capabilities. I'm curious because I've had a theory about KJ, and you can mm-hmm. agree, disagree, or, or put uh, put a correction on it. But I've always felt like KJ is great no matter what. But he's at his best whenever he has to almost improvise in a way where it's not about you know thinking about doing reads or, or looking at it. It's more about like when he's in that moment and he's got a guy coming at him, or if he's got a guy on top of him, whatever it is it seems like he is always at his best whenever he can just, because everyone, it's like, I think the third or fourth time he's gotten out of a, a sack like that before. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, he's gotten out of it, but each and every time he's completed a pass downfield to, to make it happen, or he's ran a long way to, to make the play. So it's not just breaking the tackle, but it's making a play in addition to that. And it just yeah. seems like whenever those things are happening, he's at its best. Um, I don't know um, a lot about QB play. So I don't know when he would be at his best per se, but I know that, as an offensive lineman, he shouldn't need to make those plays. It's great that we're talking about how strong he is to be able to throw the guy off and make the pass, but he shouldn't be in that situation to begin with. Um, we needed to communicate the protection better. We needed to protect it better up front. Um, and not just that play, but plays throughout the game. I think one of his long, uh, one of his long runs, I think it was the second touchdown, maybe. Um, I may be wrong, but he made a great play. Um, it feels weird to say, but he shouldn't have had to make that play. Um, he shouldn't have been in that situation, but knowing that he's a great improvisationist, if that's a word. Um, now. <laughs> uh, coined Josh Braun. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> just knowing he has the ability to make great plays, even if we don't protect him as we should, definitely gives us, I don't want to say more confidence because at the end of the day, you shouldn't be in those situations, but it's definitely comforting to know that even if we do mess up, the play is not over. He has the ability to extend it into a 30, 40. I think uh, in the LSU game, uh, was it one of our touchdowns or just a big play that was similar to that? I think he threw it to Luke has and has just ran it for 
a very, very long way. <laughs> that was that was quite a time ago. I don't don't really remember that game very well, but um, he's definitely a great athlete, and it's a privilege to protect him. Speaking with Josh Braun, Razorback offensive lineman here on Out of Bounds, thanks to Matt Black, Allstate Insurance. Now, Josh, also looking at uh, what, you know, again, so there, there were some times where you, not only as individual, but as an offensive line unit, you know, it, it's been ups and downs, as we know, for this season. Mm -hmm. But it felt like in this game, maybe not only did you guys uh, perform better, not you know, limiting penalties and whatnot, but it seemed like the, as the game went on, you guys maybe got a little bit more comfortable. It, was that something that was, was was also kind of the feeling there, too, that as the game went mm -hmm. on, it seemed like you guys in, improved and started uh, settling in a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Coach Pittman was preaching throughout the week as we were getting ready for Bama to uh, that at some point the logo has to come off. They're just another team. Although their history is more decorated than many others, it's, it's a new season every year, and this is a whole new Alabama team compared to what they were last year and, and years prior. And I feel like as the game went on, that's what you saw start happening. Um, the logo started to peel, and then we ripped it off coming out of halftime, and we were just playing football. And so, unfortunately, we didn't do that earlier in the game. Um, but we definitely got more confidence as the drive started going, and we got more plays and more experience playing against um, such a great defensive line as Alabama had. But I think going forward, we need to just come out of the gate swinging. Um, I mean, we, we hung with the best. Ultimately, we didn't prevail, and so that hurts. And we have a point to prove this week and, and weeks coming up that we're a good team. Our record doesn't show that, but at the end of the day, it's football. Um, you're never as good as you are in football, and you're never as bad as you are. I mean, we're two and five right now. We could easily be five and two. We could easily be seven and oh. I mean, it just changes play to play, drive to drive, week to week. I mean, I think you saw, uh, I won't get into that, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, could, we could go down probably a few roads there, too. Yeah, I, I decided yeah. against it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, the, th the thing is, is like, we've talked about it pretty much the past three or four weeks, roughly. And you guys are returning home to play Mississippi State this mm. Saturday. And if I did my math correctly, which is probably suspect at best, but at least I'm ballpark around there. It, on Saturday, once you guys get on the field against Mississippi State, that's going to be 35 days since the last time that you played a game in Fayetteville, in the state of Arkansas. Now, there's no, I know you guys aren't going to make excuses for anything, but now that you knew the schedule was coming up that way, you've gone through it. Just what was reflecting on that? Like, was it a lot more difficult than you thought it would be? Was it about the same? Like, what was that like just being gone and not having a home game? Because I, I feel like it's ridiculous that the schedule was made that way and being gone that long. But was it something that even entered in your mind or was it just next game up? I feel like at a certain point, it made it easier, um, if that makes sense. So first time going on the road, we went to LSU. That was a big transition. Then we had to go to Dallas, and that was a big transition. But then when we started getting to Ole Miss, it was kind of routine. Um, you were traveling on the road. You had a flight. You had to bus to the airport, fly to the place then bus to the hotel and that just became rote. And so I feel like going into Alabama, it wasn't even a, a thought in our minds that we were traveling to Alabama. It was, Hey, we're playing a game. 
whenever we play a game, we get on a plane because that's all we know for the past four weeks. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I'm disappointed because people always bring up, oh, that's a brutal stretch. Oh, you're playing four games against three of the best teams in the West for the, I mean, people consider four of the best teams in the country um, preseason every year. And so to go through that stretch and know how close we were in each game and to not come out with a win, um, it's disappointing because I feel like we could have went undefeated in those four games. And then the narrative would now be, oh, you gave us such a brutal stretch and look what we did with it. And um, I feel like it's just an opportunity missed. Um, and I, I would say I hope we get an opportunity to prove ourselves next year, but I really don't want to do four back-to-back <laughs> road games again. So No, no, no college football team has ever had to do that this <laughs> year. So, I, I mean, it's absurd. But also, um, speaking of that, I, I wanted to play this other clip from Nick Saban after the game, which uh, I know it's kind of uh, different. But, you know, he, he talked about just the, the physicality and what you guys bring as a team. And I, I thought the way that he put it was, uh, really well put together about uh, talking about Sam Pittman and it's just the team in general. Responsibility. I always get asked what the halftime message was, but obviously this one is not worth repeating. So why would we even talk about it? Uh, obviously it wasn't very good. So, um, but anyway, uh, we got a lot that we can learn from. Got a lot of respect for this team. I told this, I told our team, I said, this is going to be a different kind of fight, right? Because you know, Sam is an offensive line guy. He's a tough guy. He's a physical guy. And their team is going to keep fighting in the game, no matter what. They always do when they play us. So we we, we, we need to be ready for that. And uh, obviously, didn't make that point as well as I needed. Fight uh, that, that you guys have. And, and it pointed out from Nick Saban, uh, you know, like we've talked about, but teams that may lose a few games in a row start f- failing a little bit, start fading out a little bit. But you guys are continuing to fight. Uh, you alluded to it a little bit before, but is it just the culture that you guys have? Is it the way that the mentality is of the team? Just uh, how are you guys able to continue to when you're losing a few games in a row, but also being down big in a game on the road, still fighting, still going through it, and still doing everything you can to win the game? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a testament to the culture that Coach Pittman has created. Um, I feel like every player on the team knows how much he cares for Arkansas football and us as players individually. And we just, I won't speak for the rest of the team. Me personally, I want to help coach Pittman achieve his dream. Um, I, he gave me an opportunity, um, a second chance um, when I went to the transfer portal and I owe him a great deal for that. And every day I go to work and I hope that I'm helping him achieve his dream. I'm, I wanted to give him his marquee win on Saturday. Um, beating Bama at Bama would have been huge. Um, and so for at least for me, that's what drives me whenever we get down. I want uh, to just make him proud, make the state proud. And I feel like that's echoed across the board um, throughout the team. It's just we represent the state of Arkansas. We're the primetime marquee sporting event in the state and we're not we're not we're disheartened that we're two and five and we can't put a better season together for the fans but we're not letting that stop us how we mentally and physically prepare for the rest of the games this season 
And within, within a game, even when we're down, even when we make a few mistakes, those mistakes don't define us as long as we keep fighting. Um, I mean, you saw in this game, as long as you keep fighting, you're going to have a chance to win it at the end. And actually, my oldest brother, uh, when he was playing at Georgia Tech, he, he told me this uh, a long time ago, and it stuck with me. Um, and I may be paraphrasing because it was a couple of years ago that he said this, but so he was playing uh, when he was at Georgia Tech, he played Clemson back when Clemson was starting to be good. And then my middle brother played Clemson when they were, but they were the Clemson we all know now. And they both had to play Georgia. Um, and so my oldest brother always told me in games like this, where you are statistically not supposed to win by a large margin, when you're going up against the Goliaths of the college football world or just in your season that when you're facing these games where they're overlooking you the only thing you can do is keep fighting that um and i've been on the other side of this a couple times where you overlook a game going into it because you feel like you're going to win no matter what because you're the team you are so i feel like they felt like they were going to win because they were the alabama crimson tide and so they, I don't, I don't know their practice habits, so I won't ascribe anything to them, but let's say they didn't prepare as good as they should have last week. And so maybe they took us lightly because at the end of the day, we're two and four, which on paper, that doesn't look very good. And so first quarter comes around, they assume that they're going to go out and beat us because they're Alabama and we're Arkansas. And we come out and we get two field goals. And so... And their head, they're like, oh, man, we really got to step it up. But it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, so they don't really – they're not feeling it. They don't have the edge because it's so early. And then, boom, they have a long pass and they score. And they're like, all right, there we go. That's that's the spark that's going to make us win because we're Alabama. And so then you see them, they come out and stop us. They score again, stop us, score again. It's 21-6. to 6, We go into halftime. And now at halftime, they're thinking, it's 21-6, to 6, game's over. We've won this. And so my brother always said that that's – that's the time where they're wrong. You don't win the game at halftime, no matter how many points you're up. I mean, we saw that with Colorado versus uh, Stanford. It was 29 to zero at half, I believe. Yeah. They didn't win that game at halftime. They were up 29 to zero, but that's still not, the game's not over. You have a second half. And so, although they thought they were going to win, so maybe they didn't take the halftime preparations as serious as they should, they should have taken them. And so then we come out, we score, stop them, score again. And now it's 24-21. And by the time they realize that it's 24-21, it's middle of the fourth quarter and we have the ball. And so that's all you can do. My brother always said, in those games, you just have to hang on to the rope. You can't let go. You can't get discouraged. You just have to keep fighting. And then at the end, you shock them and you score and you win the game. And uh, so that's in my head, I was trying to relay that to my uh, friends and teammates that we just got to keep going we got to hold on to the rope don't don't let go of the rope don't let go of the, the hope keep the faith just keep fighting and ultimately we did have a time in the fourth quarter where we could have won the game um and we didn't <laughs> so i can say all these words and yeah and spew good intentions but uh at the end of the day it's tainted because we didn't win the game but you're not going to go into a game. You're not going to go play a team like Alabama at their house and blow them out. And so that's just, they're, they're too, they're too good of athletes and they're too well coached to, for that to happen to them. And so I think the only thing realistically 
is you just keep fighting, keep fighting, and then take your shot at the end of the game and hope you win um, because your shot lands. But unfortunately, <laughs> I say this every week, and so we're yeah. trying to get this get this going, but our shot didn't land. Well, cheers. That's, yeah, cheers to that. Seriously, yeah, because uh, I, I I know that with you know the schedule that you guys still have coming up, that's the thing is you always have another game in front of you to 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 kind of. Mm-hmm right the ship and now you turn the page to mississippi state it's at home and uh it is an 11 a.m game and everything but just uh what what's kind of the vibe and mentality this week and also uh what do you make of mississippi state as a team where you know you, you talk about overlooking anybody you don't want to ever overlook anybody especially at this point mm-hmm. but uh it feels like having this game at home it might be an advantage for your team just how do you feel about going into this game and maybe something that uh you know about mississippi state and what they do yeah they um they blitz a lot. They're a high pressure team. They, they have a lot of various fronts that they're going to display. Uh, we've got to communicate efficiently. We have to know our spots, know our footwork, know our um, responsibilities inside and out. Um, and I mean, that that's whoever we play on Saturday, that's basically what it's going to come down to. You have to know your responsibilities. You have to communicate efficiently and you have to play physical. And we've done bits and pieces of that throughout the year. We haven't put all that together into one game. And so I think that's our focus going into Mississippi State. Just play a complete game, communicate, play physical, and know our responsibilities. Uh, I don't want someone to take that out of context and say, oh, they're still working on knowing their responsibilities (laughs) week eight of the season. When I say that, I mean knowing our responsibilities versus the fronts that they're presenting. Knowing their tendencies and their tells to know what they're bringing and how we're handling that as an offensive unit each play, which it's different than just knowing, oh, on inside zone, I do this. It's on inside zone to the right when the defensive lineman is in this technique with his hand down here and the linebacker is in this leverage, and we have a running back to the left or to the right or a tight end on the ball or off the ball. It's taking all of that and knowing what my responsibility is for that play versus that look with that backfield and the tight end on the ball. And so I just wanted to clarify that before I get taken out of context. But um, um, our mentality is we're trying to go on a run to finish the season. We're trying to win out. And the only way to win out is to win this week. And that's our mentality going forward is just to win the week, win Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday, execute efficiently and go win. And if we do that, we'll win this week and – We'll just keep doing that as the weeks go on. Well, I, I am going to mix it up. I got to, re- I got like, forget all the other football stuff. I got the most important question. Cause this is something we talked about. And I, I was thinking about, I was like, I don't know if I was going to ask you, but I want to ask you anyways, just for the sake of levity. <laughs> um, so we were at a discussion about like with the weather changing and, you know, getting a little cooler outside and everything. Um, like it went in your house. At what point in time do you like get the temperature to where you's like, okay, I'm going to turn on the heater now. Like at, at what at what temperature does it get to where you're like, all right, I'm done fighting this. We we got to turn the heat on because this has been a high, highly contested thing. Some people have said mm-hmm. it, it needs to get into the 50s before they turn on the heat. Other people say that it's like uh, something where they're turned on the heat as soon as it hits 68 degrees. So I was just curious for you, like what what is what is that temperature? What what's the what's the thermostat have to say? I will say we turn the heater on in my house whenever my wife turns it on. I don't touch the (laughs) heater because I like it cold. So whenever she gets cold and she's had enough, 
she'll turn the heat on. She actually has a uh, little space heater that she uses. If, if it's not quite cold enough to turn the heat on, she'll use that. Um, but I mean, we're from Florida. And yeah. so let me see in our old house last year, how cold was it in our house before we turned the heat on? Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter the temperature outside. It was 59 degrees in our house before we turned the heat on. And my parents came over and they were like, why is it so cold in here? And I'm like, it's Florida. You don't turn the heat on in Florida. You spend all summer being hot and turning the AC on so that you have to save money in the winter. You just don't turn the heat on. But ultimately we did cave when it was like, it was 59 degrees in the house. I think it was 30. For, I don't know. It's we're from Florida, so thirties yeah. and forties is cold to us. But um, <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do here. I'm trying to get um, like the the bug netting, the screens for yeah. my door, so I can open up the uh, balcony doors and just let it cool off the house. But um, I like being cold, so I'll throw a sweater on and some sweatpants and a big blanket and be fine. Yeah. Well, out of curiosity, do you, do you rather play football in the cold? Like, no, like, no, that's that's awful. It's okay. Football is supposed to be played in like ninety-five, one hundred degree heat. It's not <laughs> supposed to be cold. Because uh, I was telling the guys, it was uh, I think Ole Miss. It was a night game, and so the Monday after the Ole Miss game, I was like, "Man, I was freezing out there." And they turned to me and they're like, "Josh, it was sixty-two. I was like, "Yeah, I know, it was freezing." Oh gosh. So I'm, I'm praying not for any night games in November in Arkansas because I can't handle it. <laughs> uh, well, see, that, it's, that's, it's just funny to me because it's like I can tell you're a Florida kid because, I mean, everyone's like, oh, man, once the October gets here and it's in that 50 and 60 degree range, like that's football weather. And I've, I've always just wondered for football players themselves, uh, you know, which one do they prefer? But because I know like in, in like when it's cold outside, when you get hit, it feels like it hurts a little bit more. Like it just, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just the way it is or what, but. Yeah, you're one of the few people I've seen that's like, nah, football needs to be played 95 degrees. Yeah. That's why I've gotten my uh, <laughs> my cleats need to be soaked by the end of practice because it's so hot. <laughs> or else it's not it's not hot enough. But uh, I mean, I think I've played I played in one cold game in high school and two cold games in college. I played at South Carolina, which was a night game, and at Missouri, which was I think it was a 3:30 kick. And I actually looked back because uh, I was telling the guys I was like, oh, I've played in cold weather. They're like, oh yeah, it was like 17 here for one game, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I looked, and I think we played when we played at South Carolina and at Missouri, it was like 42. <laughs> and I was wearing thick leggings, thick long sleeve shirt. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, well, you know, fans here, they're they're they love their night games. I think last year against Ole Miss, when Arkansas won pretty handedly, it was uh, pretty frigid. As I remember, I went out to tailgate, and we started. At first light is what we say is the tailgate. Mm -hmm. So first light, I think we were out there at like 6 a.m. I don't know why yeah. we were. And I think I got frostbite because we had these flagpoles. I had to put up the flags, of course, because you can't have a tailgate without flags. And they were like frozen. They literally were frozen. Oh. That's how cold it was. And we were out there all day. That's what I was like, that was really dumb of us. But it ended up being <laughs> great because the game was awesome. But still, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like there's something about in, in the cold weather and you know, having like, whether it's chili or gumbo or whatever it is, like, I don't know, there's just something to it. But as a player, yeah, I feel like if I was a player, I'd probably prefer to do the warmer weather. Well, I, I get it. Like if I was a fan and I had to go watch a football game, I would want it to be 50s, 60s, because yeah. 
then I wouldn't be sweating. But right. as a player, you're going to sweat anyway, and you're going to have to shower after the game. So might as well <laughs> end for a penny, end for a pound, make it 100 degrees. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think fans, as I said, if they're going to be – fans are going to be sweating. It'll be probably for other reasons too while they're in the stands, if that's if it's that cold and they're sweating probably. <laughs> probably for many other reasons, but uh, Josh, man, as always, we appreciate you joining us. Appreciate Matt Black, Allstate Insurance for making it possible. Good luck this Saturday. I know you guys are ready to be home and we're ready to see you guys back in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you next week. All right. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it.